0: hey Guys, welcome to the Highway to Heaven podcast. I'm Sophia
1: and I'm Angie, and today we have a special guest, Maggie Craig. Yeah. Hello.
2: <laughs> Hello! I'm Maggie. I'm excited.
1: This is going to be awesome. I'm
0: so excited for this. Um, but now that we kind of introed our special guest, we're going to start off with a prayer. So, Maggie, if you'd like to start us.
2: Great. Um, please praise me wherever you are in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. God, you're real. You're alive. We love you. Help us to love you more. And in that love for you, help us to trust you more. Uh, So often we can forget who you are and forget who we are. Um, And in that confusion, we're led astray and we're led away from you. Uh, But You don't want us to be led astray. You don't want us to wander. You want us close in your arms, in your heart, in your home. So reveal yourself to us and reveal who we are, and may we grow deeper in relationship with you and your body, the church. Jesus, we pray for all the listeners um, that they may be blessed by your words through us. In your name, we pray. Amen. In the name we pray, amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: All right, amen. this is super awesome. Okay, so a little background for how we know Maggie. So almost a month ago, we went to a retreat in Ohio. Was it a month ago? It, yeah, almost it's been. almost been a month dude isn't that crazy
2: whoa yeah yeah
0: it's crazy so she was our speaker and just from the moment you started talking like I just looked at each other and we were like we have to get her on the podcast she's just so cool I know. <laughs> it was just awesome and everything that you were saying like i don't know i have so many notes from your talks it was just it's funny like you're funny and you're easy to like Talk to and I don't know, you're just so great. So, <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's awesome.
2: Thanks. Yeah, well, I had a great time on that retreat. I was I was super pumped up because yeah, it was my first in person event since June, and I have done. I'm I'm a Catholic speaker, uh, so all, all of my events had been moved online, which right. is uh, not as fun as this online encounter that we're having right now. So. It was just so awesome to be in person, and I was just reminded that, like, God is alive and, like, the love of the mm. church is real, so I was firing on all cylinders, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you found me funny and engaging was, Yeah. Like, jumping it out of my weird. skin. I was so pumped to be there.
0: And we just we just have to mention the, what was it, hash brown casserole? What was it? Was it <gasps> the hash Thank brown casserole. you for reminding
1: casserole. me! Oh, <laughs> I think about man.
0: that all the time. <laughs>
1: Wow. Dude, like, that's yeah. the first thing I talk about when people ask me about the retreat. I'm like, dude, <laughs> they had this casserole thing that was amazing.
2: Okay, this, not to get all <laughs> theological, but whatever, this is your Jesus podcast. Okay, <laughs> I love food so much. Food brings you together, and, like, when you hang out with friends, what do you typically do? You, you get food, and then when you're eating food, you're, like, talking. okay. God came as food, right? Jesus came as the Eucharist because Mm -hmm. he knew the power of food and how we love food. And like what mass is, is like a gathering together in a community and like sharing the bread of life, sharing the food of God. So whenever I am awestruck by food, which is like every day, uh, (laughs) I'm reminded that like God capitalizes on the joy that food brings me. And like he is the ultimate joy in the meal of the Eucharist. That being said, that potato casserole brought me closer to Jesus Christ. It was so Dude. good.
0: It was amazing. Dude, that's awesome.
2: And it was gluten-free. So, like, for people who are weak like that, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god. I mean, that, that's me. I, I am weak like that. Like, me and gluten have an abusive relationship. Where like, that's I love hilarious. gluten, but gluten wants to kill me. So,
1: Dude, no. That's the gluten-free free spread over there was... Amazing! They had yes. pancakes. I know. I, I went to the gluten-free every day. I was like, I'm gluten-free. No, I'm kidding. I was just like, Can I have this? <laughs> please? I mean, and it's a sign of hospitality when
2: you can have food that's for all different people's diets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like that retreat. Yeah. Shout out to the Apostolate of Family Consecration. They oh yeah, a dude. Really great retreat. A really I good did. food, and we're still talking about it. A
1: month yeah. Year yeah (laughs) for
0: real honestly on friday they we walked into the kitchen and they were making fish and i was like oh my gosh it's fish dinner tonight so i get in the line they're like are you gluten-free and i was like you gotta be kidding me i was like yes i'm gluten-free she's like where's your sticker i'm like oh (laughs) we need a sticker (laughs) yeah people
1: need a sticker yeah gf oh yeah i told them i was like i'm not gluten-free but can i please have this it looks really good And they're
2: like, yeah, sure. Okay. Ladies, for the food. We
0: appreciate it. It was amazing. Shout out. out. Dude, it was amazing. That food. That's honestly, out of all the things that I talk about, the first thing, like Angie was saying, I'm like, dude, the food. I look at the food in the retreats, man. It's always Mm -hmm. made with such love. I just, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and if, like, if you ever throw retreats in the future, if you ever lead a retreat in the future, you're going to want to spend more money than you think on food because it's how they feel loved and welcomed. Yeah. And if they feel loved and welcomed and received, they're, like, much more willing to open up. So it's, like, a calculated thing.
1: You know? Is that's this a food so podcast? It is. This is a food podcast. <laughs> it's a food Welcome podcast. to the food podcast. <laughs> the highlight for food. We food. review food oh gosh, from yes. retreats. <laughs> we go on retreats <laughs> just to review the food. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Oh man,
2: that's really funny. Same. That's funny. Like maybe each of your guests, you should ask them their best food retreat mm-hmm.
1: related story. Yes, that's awesome. Oh, we're gonna start doing that. And so like have you been on any recent retreats how was the food yeah <laughs> that's a smart that's thing gonna... the food.
2: i think little... i think i could pr- it would probably prompt a lot of stories of bad food yeah yeah oh my food god food which will branch
1: off to like other stories
2: oh yeah well okay this is my this has to do this is loosely based with food uh there's this game i've played i've played so many dom camp retreat games this game is called Kiss the Fish. So you get in a big circle and there's music, like uh, musical chairs. and you And you go to the grocery store and you get the biggest, grossest fish you can find. Or you catch it in a lake. You just get like a, not like skinned and gutted, just like a dead fish. And mm. you pass it around the circle. And then when the music stops, if it lands on you, you have to kiss it. And it is the funniest game I've ever played. It's, like, horrifying, but, like, if you buy into it, it gets so funny.
1: And this weird. On a a retreat?
2: Oh, I've done it multiple times on retreats. Oh, my god. I I haven't led the game. I haven't been like, let's play Kiss the Fish. I just show up and participate to whatever people have (laughs) planned. And Kiss the Fish is growing in popularity in certain places. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. I'm gonna start doing that on my free time.
2: And it's just- just, this is just like a lot of memes, if you buy into it, it's so funny. Mm, So like, if you didn't, it would be like, what is going on? But if you get so into it and silly, and like the fish is flying through the air, you can give the kiss, like the fish, like a little kiss, or like some people really lay it on the Um. the (laughs) fish. I have never had to kiss the fish, thankfully, I've always
1: passed
2: along, but maybe one day you will kiss the fish
1: if you're oh, like lucky. Oh, you'll you kiss the fish <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's that amazing is awesome
0: um but yeah okay i'm trying to think how to transition this into jesus
1: now no, so jesus saying,
2: gonna... how do we no,
1: transition so into like a serious like there's no right way now. we don't have to <laughs> oh my god
2: bam throw it on yeah
0: there. okay um so uh maggie talked a lot uh about st- just stuff on the retreat. It was amazing. Stuff. She just talks about so many things. How many talks did you have? Like five,
2: four, four and okay. then a whole question and answer session that was mm-hmm. like impromptu. But I that loved was it. so
0: fun. That was so I'm much. So fun. glad they did
2: that. They were really flexible. Yeah. I love to do questions when I can. So I, I had four talks and then a Q and A Q&A session that lasted longer than all the other
0: talks. <laughs> oh yeah. It was great though. It yeah. was loose. Like everybody was laughing yeah, and we were all talking. It was like That's really a fun. way to put it. Loose. <laughs> I like it. Was it was fun. It was nice. Yeah. I liked it. I really I don't think I'd been to a retreat that the I don't think we've ever had like questions in that cuz I really didn't know yeah. that there was going to be so many girls who had questions that we're going to put like mm-hmm. a little paper in the um, in the box or whatever. So but I had to ask reason. them every
2: four minutes. I was yeah. <laughs> like, we to
0: put in your questions.
2: Uh, I think when you when you give people the space to ask questions, I think they do. Yeah. And when they know it's gonna be anonymous and they're not mm-hmm, gonna be like judge for it, they don't have to articulate it in front of their peers. And also a lot of questions built off other questions people had. So just a big fan of, of questions. Oh, yeah, but the, the theme they um I don't know how long ago this retreat approached me but they said the theme is going to be courage and I said great and then they say we want you to give four talks based on courage in this way so I had a lot of freedom in crafting the content of the talks but the theme of the talks was given to me so the first one is the courage to be vulnerable the second talk was the courage to see God the third talk was courage in um, friendships and the fourth talk was courage in identity um, which is just, like, really great themes. There's a mm-hmm. lot of room you can go yeah, there it and is really, well. really good stuff. And so I, I was really thankful. I love the themes. I, I've really been asked to give some very bizarre uh, talks, just, like, really specific themes that no one cares about or does not <laughs> relate to anyone. But these were, these were great themes that really I, I really enjoyed putting them together.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. really, I really liked it. I got a lot from the different things that you said. because yeah. you could really tell
1: that you, yeah, you could really tell that your heart was in it. Yeah. Because you added so much of your own, like, experiences and stuff. I don't know. I think that's what, like, everyone liked the most about your talks. And yeah. that they were informative.
2: Yeah, good. I mean, yeah. you want it to balance both. Like, yeah. I, I just think about sharing personal stories is super important. It makes the faith real and relevant. But also Mm -hmm. if you just, if it's just like story hour, it's just about you, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I always try to share about my own life and the truth Mm -hmm. of God. I'm glad it landed. (laughs)
0: This (laughs) is so random, but I just realized the the picture behind you is a picture of potatoes. That's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I am
2: not kidding. I, I do love potatoes.
0: That was our first small group question. How do you like oh, your potatoes? Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. Where do
2: you think that small group question came from? <laughs> I, oh, knew. I knew it. I That's knew it. I knew it. Potatoes are the best. Everyone has a relationship dude. with potatoes.
0: Circling back this to food. I love
2: podcast. it. <laughs> okay, wait.
0: I want to know now. I don't remember what you had said, Maggie. What's your favorite form of potato?
2: That's very difficult. Um... Mm-hmm.
0: The hash browns have it for me, dude.
1: Dude, I like french um, fries.
2: I yeah. really, there's not a potato that I don't like, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I have, these are called like funeral potatoes uh, because they're so, it's like what you make when you go to a funeral and like everyone's sad, but it's so good. It makes them happy. <laughs> so it's like scalloped potatoes, like thinly sliced potatoes with like a bunch of dairy and like cheese baked on it. Oh so it's, it's, it's like a cheesy potato casserole. And that's freaking good. I mean, of course, I love French fries, sweet potato fries, tots. Sweet potato tots are really good.
1: Ooh, um, yeah, they sweet are. Sweet potato. You don't like that? Yeah. No, I'm gonna no, hang no. Up I love on you. <laughs> I love those.
2: Yeah. No, they're they're. Su- yeah, I never met a potato I I didn't like. So. Um, this yeah. I can answer this question for the next twelve hours.
0: <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: But um one of the things that stuck out to me the most in one of your talks was I think it was in your second talk about giving God like our woundedness and being vulnerable mm-hmm. and open to him. Mm-hmm. Um which I don't know I mean I always thought like, yeah, you give Jesus everything, like your woundedness too, but like the way you I don't know, explained it about being vulnerable, about being vulnerable with, like, your friends, and then that kind of led into, like, the friendships. I don't know. I thought all of it together, Mm -hmm. it, like, all went together and all made Mm -hmm. sense, which was so, so great.
2: Praise God. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that, um, I don't know, there's this delusion that the deeper you get into Catholic living and the deeper you get into Christianity, Mm -hmm there's this thought that like the more secure you are and like the easier your life will be or you're above certain sins because you mm-hmm. you know the love of god <laughs> that's just so wrong i don't know it's just not the lives of the saints you know no. and, and it's not it's not anyone i know that you're growing in intimacy with god but like so your struggles um, are really at the forefront and you can't hide them and you can't numb yourself as easily. And we live in a fallen, broken world. So I think we as Catholics, we have this fear of like, I'm not supposed to be wounded. Like I, I'm supposed to not sin. And I still do all the time. I'm not supposed to have trauma. I'm not supposed to struggle with mental illness. I'm not supposed to struggle with family or like fear. Like we have all these thoughts that like we're not supposed to have that. So we hide it, and uh, we can't hide those kinds of things. Uh, I told the story on the retreat of, um, at least I think I did, of I got 27 stitches in my leg when I was a, a wee child, and uh, I had to go to the hospital, and uh, side note, I didn't feel any pain during all of this. <laughs> what? I think it was like oh. extreme trauma. Did you well, yeah, I, I was totally in <laughs> shock. My mom told me that I, I was in shock later, but I don't remember any pain from this, which is like, thank you, God. Uh, so, and I, I remember that the stitches in my legs and I had a lot of external and internal stitches. And I remember I had bandages wrapped really tight around my leg. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember after a couple of weeks, I couldn't wear the bandages anymore. Like my mom wouldn't let me. And I got so mad at her. <laughs> I was like, are you crazy do you want me to die like I have this gaping wound and my mom was like well Maggie if you keep your wounds covered they're not going to heal like it your wounds need the air they need the sunlight they need the exposure to heal and that's with us in our faith we can't hide our wounds whether they're wounds that have self-inflicted through sin or the wounds other people have given us through their own sin if we try to hide that we're only going to become infected and that's only going to lead us to deeper woundedness. So when we come before the Lord, we can't hide ourselves. Like that works anyway, you know? <laughs> like mm-hmm. like I could ever hide anything from God. Like it's just a yeah. stupid sense of control that God is like, "You're cute, but I can see everything, so why don't you show it to me?" Um and I and so that totally applies with God, and it also really applies with with our friends. Um you know, with discernment, we don't want to expose ourselves to so many people that we become spread too thin. But for your really close friends, you, you need to be intimate. You need to be vulnerable with them and to share, like, that you're a human being, that you have struggles. And when you do that, you're not glorifying your wounds. You're glorifying the healer of your wounds. And you're inviting your friends to help keep you accountable. And you're inviting them into your journey of healing. Uh yeah so we as christians we shouldn't be thought of the one as the, the group that is most secure we're the group that's the most wounded but we're the ones who are going through the healing process which is grace and mercy and love of god
1: whoa yeah. that was awesome that's why i love listening yeah. to you talk it's, it's like so know. simple i like i'm like okay tell me more
2: <laughs> listen i can keep going
0: this there are rants for days <laughs> this is amazing no i just i love that i love i'd love that you could just put mm-hmm. it in such simple words that i can understand because like some people i'll hear a podcast or hear hear other people speak and they will just like explain their topic su- in such detail that for a second i'm like wait a second that's, was that's happening. Yeah. yeah what was the question but um
2: and that's how god speaks to me like god speaks to me in simple way which is Funny, my mom says I downplay myself too much because, like, I do have a master's in theology. Like, I do know some deep theological stuff, but I feel like God speaks to me in the most simple, basic ways. Mm-hmm. Um not, And not that simple and basic is, is bad. And not that it's bad to get in-depth and complex, but, like, that's just not so much my spirituality. I really need the basics, and I think it really helps when you communicate the basics. Like, yeah. I don't know. God, God spoke in a way that we could receive it. Um, so I think it's important to share the faith in the way that other other people can receive it without dumbing things down. And, and
0: yeah, this isn't yeah. a rant on catechism. So. <laughs> I love How that to share revelation. <laughs> I always um, bring it back, like when I'm talking about like actual stuff about the retreat, like the talks and stuff. I always remember that you said be an active participant in your own Mm -hmm. rescue and then you know that always Mm -hmm. goes into the Jason story which I tell everybody but um (laughs) I love I just love that like you will I mean some people won't understand this but you'll fall out of the boat a lot of the times Mm -hmm. and but you have to be willing to be like you know outstretching your hand to the person trying to pull you back in like God like you fell out of the boat you sinned but God's trying to help you get back in. Like, He's his hand's always out to you. You just have to be willing to now grab it.
2: Amen. Yeah, then I'll explain that. I'll give yeah. you some more context. So I love whitewater rafting. Truly <laughs> once a week, I think about, I'm going to quit everything and be a whitewater rafting instructor. How <laughs> I still away. <laughs> Pray for me. Uh, and one time when I went, I think this was the first time I went whitewater rafting, um, our raft guide was explaining the procedures to it. So if you don't know whitewater rafting, it's it's a very dangerous activity. People literally die all the time when they go whitewater rafting when they go down rapids. The problem is they die if they're not with their raft guide. If they just do it by themselves and like I'm gonna take on these class five rapids with me and my inner tube, that that's where people die on rivers. But when you sign up with a company, and you have a all the official equipment and a raft guide. You. You will not die. Um, I guess there's some chance, but there's also a chance of you dying when you get in your car. So, yeah. Uh, so the raft guide was um, teaching me and the other people in our raft like basic safety procedures, what to, uh, how how to hold your paddle, um, how to make sure your life jacket is actually on your body. Um, <laughs> and but the main thing he told us was that uh, you have to be an active participant in your own rescue. And I remember hearing that, me being like, "What do you mean? I'm going to be." I, do I need to be rescued? Like I'm in this boat, like I'm safe. And and he was like, no, listen, like the river changes every day there. The water levels are different every single day and I'm trying my best, but like I fall out too. And and if you're rafting the way that you should be, you're going to fall out. You know, like if you're, if you're rafting boldly, you're going to fall out of the boat. And I'm here to help you. And I have ropes and there's other people along the river who are trying to here to help you. But I can't save you if you don't want to be saved. I can't rescue you if you don't want to be rescued. So you need to be an active participant in your own rescue. You know, it's not even meet me halfway. (laughs) Like that's too much of an ask. It's just try. Give me, give me a little bit of something. Like when I call out to you, respond or like swim away from the rocks or catch the rope when I, when I bring it to you. And, and I remember like rafting down that river that day, having the best day of my life, but also being like that'll preach like that. That's a talk. (laughs) There's, there's some truth there. And, and how, um, you know, like I said earlier, we as Christians, we're in this boat of of Christianity. We're in the house of God that we think I can't, I would never possibly fall. (laughs) Yeah. There's no way I would ever sin or not sin in in those ways, you know, and, and, but there's different challenges every day. You know, the world is different every day. You're different. There's new temptations. Um, we can fall out of the boat, and we do, all the time. If we're living the way that we're supposed to, uh, we will fall out of the boat. Like, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, which is a whole other rant, um, Aslan the lion and Chronicles of Narnia, he represents God and uh, this, this wild, untamed lion. And he's described as um, not safe, but he's good. It's a really great description of God. Like, God is not safe? But he's good. Um, Following God, being a Christian is not safe. Hello, earliest Christians (laughs) were killed, and there's still Christians around the world this day who are being killed, or we're being judged, or isolated, or ridiculed. Like being a Christian isn't safe, uh, but it's still good. So if we're living the way that we should as Christians, we're going to encounter obstacles, we're going to encounter hardship, we're going to fall out of the boat, we're going to fall into sin, and when that happens. We can't say, oh my gosh, I'm in the water. I never thought I'd be here. I guess I'll drown. It's like, no, this is part of it. You know, being a Christian, it's not about if you sin, it's about if you receive mercy. So when we fall out of the boat, we need to be an active participant in our own rescue. It's not even meeting God halfway. It's just crying out to the Lord, hearing his voice, grabbing the rope and letting him pull you back in the boat. And, and that's best understood through the sacrament of reconciliation where it's not a place of judgment and condemnation. It's a place of guaranteed mercy where, where you get back in the boat. And there's so many analogies and metaphors we, we, we could do with this, but it's really helpful for me whenever, um, you know, whenever I feel like I'm drowning in the waters, mm-hmm. when, when um, you know, or if I've fallen into the same sin over and over again, sometimes I just like want to stay there and float away. Uh, but that leads to my death. <laughs> <laughs> And how the Lord, whenever we cry out to him, he he cries out to us and he's right there. And he always pulls us back in. Not so that he could, like, discipline us in the boat, but so that we could keep adventuring together. Um, So it's a relationship. It's a relationship that God leads. Uh, He does most of the work, but we have to respond. We have to be active.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love the... I don't remember if I got this maybe from the talks, um, but... Yeah, definitely. Confession is how we get closer, how we you know reach our, out our hand too, and like um, get closer to God. But um, I remember someone saying it that you know after confession, like like don't look back on the past because mm-hmm. God doesn't look back on that. I think that that may have been you. I'm oh, not sure.
1: That was a quote. <laughs> that was a quote. <laughs> I yeah, think we both
2: i wish i said it first i probably didn't but maybe i
1: said something yeah, yeah. i think it was on the examination of conscience uh oh, maybe CFO. maybe yeah. that's what it was
0: yeah i remember i wrote it down but my notes are all over the place so i thought it was you um yeah that as soon as you walk out of the confessional like don't look back because god doesn't yeah. so like like you're on a clean slate and that's actually like so crazy to think about like you walk out of those doors and he doesn't rem- well obviously he remembers but he doesn't hold you accountable it's for gone. those sins yeah they're gone that's it's so gone. crazy that's amazing yeah that's- and
2: that that's like the mercy you've gotten. and this is where like makes me really sad the concept of catholic guilt people don't yeah. get it mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no catholic guilt there's none there's none and I, that's, that's just, like, one of the tragedies of people misunderstanding our faith. But, like, the Christian is the one with no guilt. If they go to reconciliation, God has forgotten their own sins. So they have. Like, they're, even if you fall into the same sins over and over again, to God, it's not you falling into the same sins over and over again. It's you falling for the first time because he's already forgiven you of the sins that you have already confessed. So the, the reconciliation is always there always accessible we can go literally every day if we wanted we could all you know we don't want to take advantage of it you know we don't want to fall into sin being like well tomorrow i'll just like go (laughs) let me get crazy like that is the sin of presumption and that's taking advantage of the mercy of god uh yeah but saint faustina says that you know our sins are a drop of water in the ocean of god's mercy like what happens to a drop of water in an ocean? It's absorbed, it's forgotten, and it's wrapped up in the greater glory of the ocean. That's our sin. And the craziest thing about God, which is, this is such a mystery, is that God uses that sin to bring about his greater glory. Not that we should sin and be like, this will glorify God. No, mm-hmm. stop that. So the, the the church fathers, they describe the sin of Adam, you know, as happy fault that gained for us so great a redeemer. If Adam and Eve didn't sin, would we have needed the second person of the Trinity to take on flesh and become man and suffer and die for us? <laughs> I mean, sorry, wait. But through the sin of Adam, God was later glorified. And that's something that we can never do. We can never take something bad and bring good out of it. Only God can. But this is something to remember when we're struggling with despair, like this terrible sin, God will use this sin To bring about a greater glory than maybe otherwise and how that works we don't know but i know that to be true in my own life that through my own sins i have grown i have grown in compassion with people who have habitual sin or i have grown in understanding of people who carry the same crosses as me i have grown in trust i have grown in dependence on his mercy like i know that god has used my own sins to glorify him through through the mystery, through something that I can't fully understand. So not that sin is good, but it's it's something that God uses. Because God uses all things to eventually bring glory to him. So we don't need to be afraid of our sins. Um, St. Padre Pio says, hate your sins, but hate them calmly. <laughs> like, sin isn't good, mm-hmm. but be calm because God will use this uh, yeah. you know, through the cross. That's how we got our redemption. So, yeah there's so many rants so many things like i love it though really it's so good
1: i love it's it awesome. there's a lot of people that they like i mean I, I think everyone has felt like this one time or another but when they're like too deep into their sin that mm-hmm. they don't feel like at this point you know why am i gonna confess and for what and it's like yeah they're like too deep into their sin and so it's, like, number one, they might not feel, like, worthy enough to mm-hmm. feel the mercy of God. And mm-hmm. and they just, like, you know, what's the point? So, sure. and I think nowadays, especially in the youth, it's, like, they just, with all this, like, acceptance of sin, they just mm-hmm. don't understand, like, why, you know? Why do I need to go to church? Like, why do I need to repent? Because... Repent your sins, like that phrase has been taken to like it. Basically, if I tell someone that, it means like you're gonna go to hell, or they're just like bashing you with their like, faith. or that you're judging
0: them. Because I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah, like it's like
1: you're judging them, and it's like no, it's I want you to go to heaven. I need you to just like I just want you to do this for yourself. Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. totally. There's like, a lot of this stuff struggle. <sighs>
2: I mean, one of the necessities when you go into confession is a conviction that you will do everything you can not to sin again. Um, And that can be complicated. So, for example, say say you confess drinking or binge drinking, but you know that night you're going to go to a party and you're going to get drunk, then that's not a valid confession because you have a plan to keep sinning. Uh, So when you go to confession, you want to actively decide that I'm going to change my life. You might not know how, but you have to have that conviction that you want to change your life. And then that's you being an active participant in your own rescue. God meets you more than halfway. Then he gives you grace to resist temptation. So, but it, it needs to be both. So sometimes people are like, I want to stop sinning, but... I just don't think I have the strength. Perfect. That's where you go to confession. God gives you the strength and he helps you. But if yeah. you're like, I probably shouldn't do this, but I don't want to stop anyway. It's like, that's not a heart that is vulnerable really to God. Cause that's a heart saying, this is the God that I want to serve as opposed to you, God. Uh, so that it, it's, it's a, it's a hard balance. Um, you may not know how you're going to break free of sin, but if you want to, that's where, God, that's where God helps you. And it is really hard to say to people, repent, you know, because uh, it does sound like you're judging them. And I think the best way that we can witness the necessity of repentance is through our own life, um, is through our own perceiving of the sacrament, through our own vulnerability, Shane, like, saying, like, yeah, I'm a sinner, um, but I'm trying not to be. And... When you show people the life that you lead, you lead when you're immersed in grace. I think that's the biggest example, and, and people see from you that they want to repent. I mean, this, that's a whole other question, a whole other topic. How do you how do you share your faith with your friends? How do you convince someone oh, to repent? Gosh, but yeah. it starts with you receiving mercy. Like I think about um, like my sister in high school. She once a month she would go to church and go to confession, and she always asked me to come with her, and I'm like, no. <laughs> what are you implying he's like nothing i'm implying that there's an empty seat in the car do you want to come with me And i'd be like no <laughs> uh and he's like fine no worries she never pressured me but i always knew that she went to receive god's mercy and then that started making me think oh i do have this stuff in my life that i'm not acknowledging and i know i could probably be rid of So just just her witness, just her example really helped open me up to reconciliation. And that's maybe something you can do with other people. But the conviction has to come from your own heart first uh, before you can tell other people to change their lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just basically living it and being an example.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a great way to start. You know, so often it's so easy to see the visible sins of other people. Like it's so easy to yeah. see when people are visibly living lives of sin, <laughs> but what are we doing about our own lives of sin? You know, and there's definitely time when we're called to to witness to the truth and to let people know the fullness of Christ, but we can't do that unless we're first actively rooting out the sin in our own life. Jesus says this in Scripture, you know. It's like you, you, t- you tell your brother, oh, you have a splinter in your eye, and you don't see the log beam in your mm. own and. and how much clearer would we be able to see the mercy of God and to love other people if we didn't have this giant beam in our eye? If we're, if we're actively working on that, then we can help other people um, see the love
0: of God. For sure. I agree. Yeah. That's it's. I always thought that was kind of like, dang, that, that must hurt, having that beam in your eye. But then it's like, yeah, sin hurts, As dude. That's
1: yes! <laughs> Yeah, like sin just builds feel. a wall so that we yeah. just, like, don't see God. Uh-huh. And we yeah. sort of
0: think
2: this is how it's always been or how it's always going to be, and God is distant from me, and this is how it is, but uh, sin blinds. And, you know, yeah. Jesus says in Scripture, Jesus is the light of the world. Mm-hmm. He called to his apostles, come and see, he heal the blind like God wants us to see, and sin blinds us. Um, and God, we can see a lot more than we think we could, if we put ourselves in the presence of the light.
0: I love that. That's so good. Yeah, I really yeah. like how we're touching on uh, confession because when I was, I don't know. I, ha- I mean, I still have an issue going to confession. I don't like it. Sure. I don't, okay. like, I don't okay. like talking to the priest, you know? And here we have a priest that lives in our neighborhood. And so, like, he mm-hmm. knows you. Like, he comes to our house. He has dinner with us. He knows each of us. So, like... That's even harder, like, knowing the priest. And so when you're going to confession and you don't have, like, the little curtain in front of you, sure. dude, that's rough. So yeah, I was like, uh... like, yeah, I was kind of, like, push that away. But at the same time, it's, like, that's awesome that they know you because then that way they can help you, like, at a deeper level. Like, since they know you, they already know certain things about you. They already know kind of, like, yeah. your family dynamic. They can help you in a special way that maybe your yes. priest That doesn't, you know, that can't even see you. You know what I'm saying? So so I think that's that's really good. Yeah.
2: And that's, I think, one, it's okay for reconciliation to be hard. You know? Hard doesn't mean we can't do it. We can do hard things. Like, going to the gym will always be hard. Doesn't matter if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger or a (laughs) bodybuilder. It's always going to be hard. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. And afterwards... You, you know this is good, and afterwards you feel so much better. So reconciliation, it, just because it's never going to be easy doesn't mean it's not good. It's always going to be hard. Sin is always hard. It's always hard to be vulnerable. It's always hard to share our weaknesses. It's always going to be hard, as long as that hardness doesn't stop us from going.
0: Um,
1: oh, yeah. for
2: mm-hmm. sure. So that's I also- something that it's, it's really hard for me, and yeah. I literally get talks about confession. But typically what I do when I'm really feeling... Uh, the anxiety about it. Uh, I did this in college. I would just like get a group full of people, throw them in my car and we all went to confession together. And even if they didn't need to go to confession, they would like hang out in the church. Then afterwards we'd go get ice cream. Like I would just, yeah. I needed other people to do it with me. Yeah. Um, or, and if I can't do that physically with groups of people, I, I ask them to pray for me and to remind myself that my sins, they don't just wound me, they wound the church. So when mm. I have the church helping me and encouraging me, it's a lot easier for me to do. But it's always I think it's always gonna be hard and that's okay. Oh
0: yeah. And I think yeah. that that if it's hard, it makes it like it pushes us not to sin because I don't wanna yes. go back there. Like yeah. that's it's like that's, I don't wanna do that ever
1: again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great motivation. That oh, yeah. that's like that's not the most perfect and pure motivation. You know, the perfect yeah. and pure motivation should be yeah. I never want to wound the heart of God or myself again, but
0: it
1: also helps. <laughs> God
2: also takes that exactly. He uses that. And this is one of the lies of sin, that this is just something you're doing and it's not going to affect anyone else. And it's really not a big deal. The process of reconciliation reminds us this is a big deal. This is a problem. Yes, and convinces us that this, this tiny little thing that doesn't really matter and doesn't affect anyone and it's fine, the process of reconciliation forces us to be like, this is not fine. This is hard. Uh, but and it makes us not want to do it again. It makes us, it reminds us that this is a bigger deal. Which, yeah. listen, I'll take it. I've definitely stared in the face of temptation and been like, I would like to, but I don't want to go to confession. Which, okay! <laughs> God can purify those desires uh, and hopefully, and then it ultimately is about love of God and and love of self.
1: And like people, I feel like a lot of people, and I've definitely thought this like before, it's like, you know, like confession isn't something that we have to do like, as like, what is it called? To pay for our sins. It's like like, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's yeah, not a punishment. It's, just, it's, yeah a it's not a punishment. And like a lot of this, like a lot of people don't see this part of our faith that it's love and God wants us to come to Him. God's like, you know, mm-hmm. He's like crying out for us, but He's also a gentleman and He's not going to force us. And that's why yeah, we have free will and everything. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, that's why I think confession is just so beautiful. Like that's where we really feel His mercy and it's like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, God just forgave me for all of this garbage, all of this, like, basically a slap in the face. And what was your punishment? It
2: was just saying them out loud. Yeah.
1: Like, like, if
2: people think confession's a punishment, it's like, have you ever been? All you're doing is saying what you've done.
1: Mm -hmm. Sometimes
2: the priest doesn't even comment. He doesn't ask for your name, Mm -hmm. ID, social security number, who you are. He'll say your sins. And sometimes (laughs) he'll be like, okay, here's your penance. That's literally it. Like, so... If that's your idea of punishment, I don't understand where you're coming from. You're just admitting what you have already done. And if sin isn't so shameful, why is it a punishment? Like if you're just saying what you've done to someone else, what's the problem? Accountability isn't a punishment. It's a grace. But it's hard. And we as a world, we're conditioned to think that anything is hard is bad. Um, and that mm-hmm. contributes to a lot of problems in our world we're afraid of things that are hard we think hard is punishment but hard is how we grow uh, and if we want to grow we have to go through the heart like to to gain muscle when you're lifting weights okay the the tension the struggle between you and your weight causes your muscle cells to rip apart and in that ripping apart that allows space for the stronger muscle cells to come in and if the muscle cells didn't rip apart, you never would have gotten stronger. So that's our faith. We go through trials. We, trials. we go <laughs> through struggles. We go through trials. And that causes, in some way, a death of self, a ripping apart of our weakness. But through that, that's where strength can come. And if you never go through that process, you'll never get stronger. Yeah. So, any, anyone, St. Paul talks a lot about, um, he makes a lot of athletic metaphors in his writings, and his epistles. And I think it's fantastic that sports is something that our world uh, in some ways treats as a false idol, mm-hmm. but it can be a really great teacher because people know in sports, like the like teamwork, and you have to work hard and postpone immediate gratification. And when you can connect those truths to the faith, I think that makes sense for people in a ways that other things don't quite as much.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I know that in, I think it's, chapter five in James it's like therefore confess your sins to one another and then mm-hmm. pray for each other so yeah. that's also another thing that you were saying like even if they mm-hmm. can't physically go with you they can at least just be praying for you and I think that's really cool yes. because mm-hmm. then you're opening up yourselves to your friends and now it's like okay in your mm-hmm. friendship you're also being like okay I'm not perfect these these are the problems yeah. that I'm going through and that they can and help you'll you find a
2: lot of time that When you confess your sins to your friends, they're like, oh, yeah, me too.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: No matter how gross or ugly or specific we think our sins are, this has happened to me in college. I confessed my sins to um, each of my roommates in college in turn, just like something I was really struggling with. And all of them were like, oh, yeah, me too. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and even if it's not something our friends directly struggle with, they can understand, they have empathy, you know, and, and, uh, and they're not going to
0: think badly of you. They're not going to be like, oh, you sin like that. Oh, gross. Like, no, those
2: are the right, if those are the, that's not the person you should share your sins with anyway. If a that's not really someone you should be friends with anyway, you know, and, and that's where we have caution. You know, you share your sins with people that you trust, that, you know, are not going to use it against you. Um. But it brings a huge amount of intimacy and accountability and a reminder that you are not alone in your sins and you're not, you don't sin as uniquely as the devil convinces you do.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sin, when you sin, like it totally isolates you.
0: Mm-hmm. It makes
1: you feel so bad and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, like I suck. But yeah, because that's what the reality... devil wants.
2: He wants to draw you away from God mm-hmm. and draw you away from community. Like sin... That is his goal because when you're isolated you're an easier of a target. And, yeah. the, and when we share our sins with each other, we're immersed back into the community and that's what the devil does not want. So he wants to convince you as much as possible that you uniquely suck and <laughs> no one has ever sinned like you mm-hmm. and you're disgusting and yeah. you better hide. Yeah. We
1: hate him. Literally. And it's like so crazy. You see how we are all the same like we are all the same in a sense and it, i think that's just so comforting it's like okay at least i'm not alone and like together you can you know find your way back from that And all you know, part keep of the body counter- yeah. yeah that's yeah. what
2: i love i love being catholic I Love being part of the church
0: yeah it's it's so awesome we're so cool like we have the coolest <laughs> things that i don't yeah. know dude like our faith is just, just so is cool. There's so many yeah, amazing dude. things.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. our religion is just love, and I think that, yeah. and
0: we don't take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. people distort our religion so much because it's yeah. like we. It's like we judge others, but it's like no, we're judging ourselves because <laughs> yeah. we are yeah. all sinners. We're all sinners, sure. but we are all still called to be saints, and mm-hmm. that alone yeah. is just like, bro. Okay.
2: I never remember if this is GK Chesterton or Fulton Sheen or like some other holy person said this, that there are thousands upon thousands of people who hate what they think the church is, but there's not a hundred people who hate what the church actually is. Mm -hmm. And I think one of our missions is to show people what the church actually is, who God actually is. Like make an informed decision. If you can look at the face of God and look at the church and know what she is and know the truth's, of her teachings and if you want to reject her cool <laughs> I mean not cool but like fine <laughs> you're free but so many people uh reject God and the church based on what they think it is based on movies yeah. based on their aunt who had no understanding of the faith who was christian who was a jerk and yeah. and our job is to reverse that is to say no like we're good loving holy potato obsessed people there <laughs> is room in the church for you and this is what the church actually teaches and then when people actually know the faith i think a lot of times they're enraptured by it and they don't reject it they just they just don't know and they don't understand yeah. And uh, I think St. Paul says this, like, how are they to know unless they have someone to preach to them? And how can yeah. people preach unless they're sent? You know, and God is sending us with the gift of our baptism through our confirmation. He's sending us to share the faith to people who haven't heard it. And not like in a distant jungle in a different part <laughs> of the country, different part of the world. But like people in your area who've heard the truth of God, but incorrectly, or it hasn't been fully explained to them. That's our job. Through the love of God, uh, to show them who God actually is, because they they don't really even know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which is tragic, but also awesome, because we're going to be part of that effort to bring them to God.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, dude.
0: So we had a couple questions, and I'm really excited to answer these. So the first one, by one of my close friends, she was like, please ask this. Um, Advice for dating in college.
2: Okay. Okay. Mostly people ask me advice for dating in high school. Advice for dating in college. Um, first, I'll start with the personal, and then I'll go the universal in college. I did not date. Um, I dated in high school. And in college, I was like, I just want to focus on forming my sisters, focus on forming my really good friends. And I'm so glad I did that. Because there's guys that I had crushes on in college, uh, but they're not a part of my life anymore. But the friendships that I really invested in are still around and college, you have a unique freedom. Like you literally live together. Like your your life is shared with other people and it's a fantastic opportunity to build up sisters. So that's the first thing I would recommend to do. Uh, focus on your own identity, your own relationship with God and college is a great opportunity to form really great lasting female friendships. Dating in college is makes a little bit more sense than dating in high school because the purpose of dating is marriage to lead yourself to marriage and high school. That's not so much. It's not really that feasible because it's like Mm -hmm. you do not even have a driver's license. Marriage is really (laughs) far away. But in college marriage is more of a, a realistic possibility. So that's just my dating advice with all things you date to lead yourself to marriage. So if, you think there's a couple questions you want to ask yourself. If there's someone you have a crush on or someone you're already dating, will this person, um, lead me to God? If you hesitate for a second, run, go away. Marriage is hard enough. No. Um, will this person be a good father to my children? If you hesitate for a second, run away, go. <laughs> um, don't mess with that. If you're like, I don't know. I, I, I they have good potential great something to stick around you want to ask yourself uh, do how do they treat their family Uh, they're not responsible for the family that they have but they're responsible for how they treat their family so a really good sign of how a man will treat you is how they treat your mother their mother or how they treat their sisters Um, just know is this person worth my time not just is this person hot does yeah. this person make me feel beautiful? Does this person take me on fun dates? Those are those are all fine things. But ultimately what you want most is, is this a good person who could lead me to God? And do we connect in that level? And just no rush. Like, you're not called to be a child bride. Um, you can date all throughout college if you want, then maybe after college you would get married, but you probably won't get married in college uh so take your time date slowly date intentionally and if this person is leading you away from god or leading you away from community with other people dump his butt <laughs> there's we have this this false idea that like if we don't get find someone in college then like it's over yeah and that is that is that is a lie mm-hmm. i realize that's not true and i'm really glad i didn't marry anyone that i liked in college because i still had so much more maturing to do and so did they
0: yeah i think it's like i think the question was like setting stage for like they're both going to different schools and so they're gonna be separate and they're not dating but like yeah and so they're just talking no no it's like yeah i think it's a mutual kind of crush thing but at the same time it's like they might choose different schools but at the same time they're like friends you know what i'm saying
2: Super dangerous. Uh, I think the sign of, for me, how I define maturity is the ability to be honest and to receive someone else's honesty. That, that, that's just how I, I think it's mature. And especially in terms of dating, that just means being honest. And if you show that honesty in the early stages, you'll be able to show that honesty later on. What have you got to lose from being really honest? From saying, listen, I like you. Do you like me? Um, no, I don't. Th- okay. Bye. <laughs> like, I have other people I can be friends with who doesn't make, it's not romantically confusing. If they like you too, great. Do you want to pursue a relationship with me? They're like, Oh no, I don't think so. Bye. <laughs> like, that's, that's not anyone you need to spend time with. So if you ask them, honestly, listen, I like you, you like me, you want to form a relationship with me. Then let's talk about what that's going to look like. Otherwise, we're wasting our time, and this is just going to hurt us in the long run. So if they're not sure, they're not serious, okay, then that's just going to be a hard friendship for you to have if you're romantically attracted to them. So then you need to yeah. dial the friendship back or be honest about the relationship and stop playing games. Being like, maybe one day they'll let you. shut up. No. Be honest
0: <laughs> yeah. right
2: away. And if they can't handle the honesty, they can't handle you, and that tells you your answer.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've done that a couple times to friends or guys um, when I'm like, mm-hmm. look, I don't know what's going on. I need we need to work this out. I need to know. Yes. because I'm already thinking a million things like, OK, we're getting yeah. married like this yeah. is amazing. But you're worth it. You're yeah. worth
2: that honesty. And you deserve to be with someone who doesn't play games with you or when you call them out on their behavior, they clarify
0: yeah, no. for sure. I think that it's, it's hard. I think it's really important um because you know, we live in a world that it I mean, I feel like nobody is honest with each other like in relationships. I feel like nobody mm-hmm. is willing to stir it up because they don't yeah. want to break up or they just don't want to yeah. get to the root of it.
2: They don't want to yeah. be vulnerable. They want to live in a deluded fantasy and that's easier, but just because something's hard doesn't mean it's bad. You know, yeah. we're afraid of work or we think relationships should just happen naturally. Why do we think that? Well, that's just because we've watched romantic comedy movies. That's not yeah. how real life works. Real life is intentional. It takes effort. It takes work. And if you're in a relationship that's not good, or if, then you need to get out. And it's so much better to be by yourself, figuring out your life than when you're tied to the wrong person. That's so much scarier than being alone. Wasting your time scares me a lot more. And spending time with myself, who is great. It's hard stuff.
0: Yeah, it is. And especially now that we're like getting older and like these are the questions mm-hmm. you start asking yourself, like, okay, like I mean Andrew graduated already, but I'm graduating this year. One of my friends, like, she's graduating this year. Like, big stuff is happening, but at the same time, it's like you're getting closer to marriage. You're getting closer to that kind of like range. You're going to mm-hmm. college, and now you think, okay, well it's uh it's almost time to start. Where's you know? my
1: friend's children? It's not
2: almost yeah. <laughs> time. You're approaching the part in your life where it's becoming a possibility. Mm-hmm. There's never a time when it's over. Like this is this is another rant I could get on about marriage. A lot of people put God on a timeline and they say, Well, biologically, if I'm gonna produce my own children, I need to get married at this time, this time, this time. When has that ever worked for God? Like when, when does putting God on a timeline ever work? Also, what do we see in scripture? The old, in old Testament, every woman that is talked about is someone who could not have children. And then God gave them children and their own time. Like that's a constant theme in scripture. So we have this idea. Well, I want to get married at 25 and then have kids at 27. And don't give God that timeline. Um, Of course we want to get married. If that's the fullness of our vocation But there's never a time that's too late for God, ever. And that's a really dangerous mindset. It's not bad to have desires, but it's also great to become a a full person. So then you could enter into marriage when you're ready. Um, So then you can bring children into the world. And okay, maybe you get married at 45 and you adopt a child who needs a home. Beautiful. Great. If you cannot produce your own children, that's not a failure in your own life, in your own marriage. Don't put God on a timeline. Can you tell this is a rant that I'm really passionate about? It's yes, crazy.
0: <laughs> yes. And I
2: know there's there's so many so many things to it, but uh, do not we hear this in Scripture all the time? Don't put God to the test.
0: Don't watch yeah. him. Mm-hmm.
2: He's got good yeah. things to do for you. Just yeah, what's super important: preparing yeah. yourself to receive yeah. that. Gift.
1: Yeah, by denying, like we can't affirm people's actions and stuff. Sure, lots to talk about with that. And you have a lot of good oh, rants, yeah, so we can. Use <laughs> so some <more>. many
2: rants, <laughs> just so many opinions. You oh, need yes. to start your
1: own podcast. There's so much Dude, knowledge that you have. Start your own podcast.
2: Why? Why do that when I can hang out with you guys and you guys do all the work?
1: I mean, <laughs> anytime. I'm down I'm with like that. Go. I feel like ranting
2: today. I'm
1: down. Yeah, you'd be going. like, "Hey guys, I feel like <laughs> ranting today." Okay, get your microphone. <laughs>
2: Gosh, that Let's would be this. every minute of every day. I, I have can... strong opinions from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed.
1: That's amazing. And if I
2: don't have strong opinions, I like start to cry. Because
0: I'm like, what's <laughs> wrong
1: with me? Can I decide what to eat? Oh my gosh.
0: I'm <laughs> to Deciding go. what to eat, please. Food. We're circling back to Dude, food. It takes me. Um, to food. I love to back. I'm back, circle. To food. <laughs> I'm back to food. I'm
1: back to food.
0: Yeah, I think the title of this podcast is going to be Maggie's Food Obsession and just Jesus Stuff. <laughs> I why love potatoes it. matter.
2: Why potatoes why potato <laughs> are a vehicle of God's glory.
0: Yes, I love that. That's perfect. I
2: download that podcast. Listen, I give that a five-star rating I subscribe.
0: <laughs> That's so great. I mean, but- who doesn't oh,
1: like potatoes? Kids? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to cool. go. But um okay, it was just thank you for being on here. It was just so much fun talking to you.
2: You're welcome. You know where to find me. I always love to talk and it's great when people have no choice but to listen. Yeah. So, uh, chatting with you guys has been super
0: fun. We I'm signed happy. up for this and I'm I'm okay with that. It was just great. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so <laughs> great talking to you. I love this because I don't know, I feel like there's just so much you can share like with us yeah, and you're very incredible. relatable and I think yeah that that's the word relatable super good thanks yeah. ladies I appreciate yeah. you of course you're great host no oh, thank you thank you <laughs> um so you'll be hearing more of Maggie next week um but yeah this is this is so great. Let's go
2: prayer in the name of the Father and the, the Holy Spirit amen. God we love you thanks for the ability to communicate you Help us to know and love you deeper, and may we never spend more time talking about you than talking to you. So help us to grow in our faith lives with you and, and help us to share your message. We love you. Help us to love you more. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Father,
2: Son, Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Go to that
2: dentist. Get those curly whites all ready. <laughs> yeah, I got to right. go.
0: <laughs> all right, people. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in heaven. We'll see you in
1: heaven.
2: What a great closeout.